You're listening to The Breakfast Show with Danuta and Lawson. It is 8.04 a.m. and it has come time for our next quiz question. Please, Lawson, take it away. We've got lots of quiz questions coming through. Answers, I should say. Not quiz questions. Answers coming through today. Keep those coming through. State it or start it. If you uh, don't want to play, if you want to play but not go in the draw, just put a star next to it. But uh, the good thing is today everyone's wanting to play and they are coming through thick and fast. Keep them coming. Take it away, Lawson, please. That's so funny. I'm imagining them now they're like questioning us they're like you always question us. <laughs> the, the, the listeners are always questioned <laughs> now, the, now the listeners are questioning they are they're coming back at us hey, hey speaking of questions you can send in questions for the question of the day segment or the question of the week segment i should say that happens every thursday afternoon with pastor lyle southwell amazing things and 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 we really say we really encourage go as harsh and as hard as you can if you've got a difficult bible question he will answer it he will we have never not answered a question that has come into faith fm about the bible we will answer well about most things mm. we will answer these questions zero four nine one zero six four six six nine but now we have a question for you guys a quiz question here we go what kind of man did the servant with one talent think his master was? What kind of man did the servant with one talent think his master was? 0491-064-669. Now, this is like a, a question relating to, to character. I'll, mm. give, I'll give you that clue. Yeah, yeah very that, much. You know, in terms of what type of man, it's not like, oh, he was a... He was a truck driver. No, 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 no. This is this is about. It's more about character. It is very much about character. Zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. Of course, our prizes for this week. We have two awesome jigsaw puzzles. We have Jesus at the helm, the one thousand piece jigsaw puzzle, as well as another one thousand piece jigsaw puzzle. But may I of may I hold him, which is basically Jesus at his birth, and you know Mary holding Jesus. Again, that question was, what kind of man? Did the servant with one talent think his master was? 0491-064-669. And we've had a few texts coming through this morning. Christopher says, welcome back, Lawson. What was, we're jumping around. Welcome back, Lawson. <laughs> so good to hear your voice again. So that's really nice news to hear from Christopher for Lawson. A great welcome back. Greg says, earlier when I covered some... 18 verse 2 about um, Jesus being our rock and our fortress. He said it's so awesome. Um, and, um, yeah, make God the focus is is really the key thing is is mm. there as well. Uh, what are some other ones? David says, Lawson, good to hear you with Lloyd and Robbie on the weekend in Canberra. So oh, yeah, he must yeah. have been there too. So he wasn't just there. Fant- we were live streaming on the Facebook oh, page. Oh, you were live yeah. streaming on the Facebook page. Fantastic. So if people actually do want to see what you guys actually presented on Saturday night. Can that actually, that can still go back into the Facebook page on Faith FM and see it? you can jump on our social media. You can jump on Faith FM and you will literally, you'll see a picture of Lloyd Groleman's face and a a play button in front of it, a link to the live stream there. You can just click right on it. And it's an hour-long presentation of the Aussie pastor. And then I believe, because Robbie Bergen did an amazing presentation as well on end times and cashless society, all this stuff. And I believe that that was recorded too. If not, I'm sorry for the false advertising, but there is content there from the weekend and a bunch of photos too of us hanging out down in Canberra in an 
in a beautiful and amazing event hall. Actually, there was one thing that distracted me from the event hall, and it was the one regret that I had going down to Canberra, and that is that on the weekend, my Bible study contact and one of my best friends, his name's Caleb, he got baptized. And wow, so I got amazing so pictures cool. from that. I got to call in. They, they were doing some presentations in the afternoon, and during those presentations, I stepped out, and I got to call into those guys, and over the phone, they like put the phone up, you know, so everyone could hear it. Nice. And just talk about, you know, the experience that I had with my friend and and how I was able to, you know, I, I met him at the start of the year and, and, and spent time with this guy, studied the Bible with him and just seeing the change that has been in his life and the motivation that he has now to be a disciple of Jesus. Praise and the Lord. And, and he got baptized. And you know what was so cool? What was really, really cool about that situation? Actually, down in Canberra, we were talking about Israel and Palestine. Mm. We're talking about the conflict that's going on. Mm. And we talked about ultimately Jesus is the answer to these conflicts um, and, and whatnot. And particularly, you know, it was powerful Lloyd Grolman, the Aussie pastor, gave this example of the fact that in Israel, in Gaza, in Palestine right now, there were a, there are Palestinian and Israel Christians sitting in churches hand in hand worshiping together despite the conflict that is between them. And that is because in the body of Christ, they're united. Which is amazing. That's powerful. And we had Tony Benjamin on uh, on our interview on Friday, and he was talking exactly yeah. about you know the Christians in Gaza, especially, and also um, you know those in Israel, and how you know for them the Bible is very much like you know they're under persecution, or whatever. But you know how one, one would know a verse, and another would know a verse, and another would know a verse. You know, because my question to him yeah. was like, would they have their Bibles or not? Yeah. You know, um, in some places, you know, because you kind of leave yeah. things. And I know one of the first things I take from me is my little Bible, right? That's, oh, that's, that's just awesome. like attached to, to me. When I lost it in Prague several years ago when I was there, or should I say I knew I left, I found out Saturday night that I'd left it in the church. Mm. I made sure I contacted somebody, thankfully I'd had somebody, somebody's phone number from oh, there. Awesome. And I caught the train back into at 10 o'clock at night to the church to actually get my Bible back, yeah. you know. So it's just like I felt like my whole arm had been chopped off. Yeah. I can imagine for these folk as they're being persecuted, it's the same kind of thing. But he said, you know, they know their verses and that's how they would actually combine their Bible together very much. And despite the persecution and the hate and the conflict, there is still a uniting that has taken yeah. place between them for the, like for those who have submitted their lives to Christ. And, and that's the interesting thing is that you see – Two sides, if we look at the religious element of this, you know, Israeli mostly being Jewish, and we look at the, you know, the people in Gaza and Hamas and whatnot mostly being Islamic, for those who are Christian and have submitted their lives to Christ, they're the ones that are finding unity, which is amazing. And again, in the photos that I got back from the baptism, there's uh, my my friend who got baptized, he's playing guitar, and they sing this song, it's called Jesus, How I Love You. And it's, uh, it's a song that's been like translated in every language and this group of people there it's from their their care group their friday night group if you look at the group it's like a like a japanese korean chinese canada australia zimbabwe like all these people from all over the world and if we talk about conflict it, it, over the last 100 years and tensions between countries like you couldn't you couldn't you couldn't talk about conflict you know between a different people groups without talking about the conflicts that have been between Japan, China and Korea mm-hmm. like like and in the continued 
the continued tension that is between those countries politically, economically, mm. even to this day. Yet these people are standing there all together, hand in hand, singing this this song, and they're singing it in each one of the different languages. And it's like they they all sing the, the in in English together, and then they all sing it in Japanese together, and then they Beautiful. all sing it in Chinese together. And it was it's just like it was just powerful. It was powerful to see that despite conflict that. Mm puts up walls and barriers between people of different ethnic groups, people of different religious groups or cultural groups, that Jesus is able to bring those walls down. And it's not at the at the destruction of culture. Mm. Jesus isn't about destroying one's national identity, but rather in celebrating and offering something that is transcendent mm. of culture, mm-hmm. which is the love of God and salvation mm. and, and heaven and unity and love from man to man, which again, every single culture in the world understood, you know, even, even the pagan culture of Assyria, where they you know, we were talking about two and a half thousand years ago, where they're sacrificing babies and da, 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 like they had some conception of love and compassion at, at least in, in some way, which we're going to get into today in our Bible study, they had some conception of love and compassion. And at times, various times throughout history, Despite, you know, those hectic cultures and those cultural differences and maybe those awful cultural practices, God has been able to speak into those cultures and show people what true love is and to lead Mm. them to a unity in Christ. And we Mm. see that even today. Absolutely. And God wants us, like you say, to be united and Mm. not to be separated. Mm -hmm. And it's, you know, the devil, you know, is, you know, when he, when he, when he tempted Adam and Eve, it caused that separation between them and God and between Mm. humanity. And so here's the thing. We know Mm. that that separation is not of God. It's actually Mm. God's way is, um, you know, love and unity and embracing and joining together and supporting one another and having Mm. compassion upon one another and every kind of way yeah so so, um, so you know just really important stuff that we um, are talking about here and of course yeah keep in prayers of course those who are being persecuted in Gaza and Israel um, and around the world but particularly in these these two countries at the moment with what is actually happening over there you're listening to the breakfast show connect with us on 0491 Hey, we're starting a new series in our Bible study this week, looking at mission to the needy. Mm. So my question to you is, Lawson, do you feel there's needy people? Well, where, where do we find needy people? <laughs> like That's probably like, a better way. Of, like everywhere, I think. That's need, right. <laughs> ne- neediness. And we can, well, what does it mean to be needy? I think that's, that's right. a big question. I think it's in a couple senses. It's, I think a lot of people view it immediately through an economic lens mm. or, or a lens of class. I think that there is, there is, a, you know, enabling factors for that as well mm. in regard to, to health, for example. Like people, because of poor health, end up in needy or desperate situations. But it, it, it is simply those who are uh, yeah, who were in these desperate situations. And you could even call it a type of persecution, maybe a type of economic persecution. Or, And again, it's, it's in some countries, say, for example, here in Australia, where we have a very secure social welfare system and whatnot, it's, it's, it, de- well, this is the thing, it definitely exists. And we can all think of and point to situations where we either know people who are in need, we have helped people in need, we've seen people who are in need, but then it's, Despite we were like, okay, that's happening in Australia. We've kind of got the good end of the deal here. Like, despite that, because if we look at other places around the world, when we're seeing just 
mass poverty and and struggles with economic security and food security and these kinds of things. It's like a mission to the needy. It, all I'm trying to say essentially is that there is definitely a need for a mission to the needy <laughs> because there is there is a need for a mission to everyone and the needy, those who are underprivileged, make up a huge subset of our world population. Huge. And the thing is also it is it is sometimes a longer term thing, but also sometimes there's situations Situations that mm. make us be mm-hmm. in a needy situation. Oh, uh, for like, sure. Um, so I think of, for instance, the floods that happened. Just yesterday I was actually reading an article about the floods yeah. that actually happened up around the area of Broome and what was happening up there, you know, um, towards in a, last year. Um, then we've got, got during the fires, we think of um, refugees that come to our country. When I think of just Australia, for instance, alone, but this is worldwide what actually happens mm. and how people are displaced. And so yeah. there is neediness at those particular times it yeah. can be that we actually have um, health challenges at yeah. you know any particular time and we become needy and rely on people then to help mm. us along and i think of for instance the homeless you know of how that has really increased worldwide um and how several several months ago we had um we had somebody from adra uh, which is the adventist development relief agency talking to us even about the needs within australia and i remember just in victoria alone there was something like two 280,000 people that actually wow. helped, um, you know, just last year alone and yeah. how overall I remember that um, the, she was saying um, from ADRA that, you know, people unable to, for instance, afford housing at the moment mm. and their rentals, like rentals are massive, um, you know, it's on the increase and so some people are tenting in other people's backyards and yet people who are having them in their backyards or renting out a yeah. caravan are also struggling. So um, I think, you know, the lady from Adra said to us that some people are even charging $400 a week for rental, for, you know. For, well, for $400 a week for a room in a caravan. That's right. Yeah. So not even a, a caravan. No. So a room in a caravan. Yeah. So you know, this is what we're finding, and so neediness. I, I think it would be fair to say has been on the rise, even yeah. more so. Um, and we see it continually on the rise with what's happening in the world in it's, every kind of way. So it can be on our own doorstep as well. Yeah, but then you could also look back and say, oh well, were there more needy? More or less needy people as a percentage when Jesus was around, for example, and you'd say, Oh man, there was there's 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 always been lots of needy people. I think what we're seeing today is a rise of neediness in the you know, the impervious West. It's like, oh, we live in the West. We live in especially in Australia. It's like we live in a rich democracy with lots of natural resources and whatnot. Yet neediness is such a struggle and the enabling factors as well. Like I think of my own family situation when I was sixteen, seventeen my parents went bankrupt. I grew up in a wealthy, I'm not like not super wealthy rich, but a well-off family with, you know, and I grew up going to nice schools, you know, my, my, my hobby, my, my sport that I got to was like motorbike racing growing up, which is growing up, which was not cheap. Like, and, and my sisters went to good schools and, and we were afforded lots of opportunities by our parents. And I was really, really blessed by that but then simultaneously yeah when i was when i was around 17 years old went through bankruptcy and then all of a sudden you you lose everything you lose mm. houses and cars and 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 you end up in situations where where you've got we've got nothing and it's like so you know someone with a major amount of security my parents 
I ultimately ended up in a situation where they had no security. Mm. And I think what this reveals to us and shows us, it, it's the fickleness of, of our current situation, the way that things can just really turn in our heads and the need that we constantly have for support and help because again that neediness comes in the ways of help it, it, it can be enabled by so many different situations so, so many different things hey and you know i think our passage today looking at luke chapter 5 especially is a, is a situation of neediness that is actually enabled by poor health a person struggling with difficulties um of of health and and has led to led to this situation here which is yeah really really difficult and so the story we're going to go to, if we can go there, Lawson, is Luke chapter 5, verse 17 to 26. Mm. Um, and actually is a really beautiful illustration and also a powerful story mm. of how God actually wants to help um, those of us that are actually in need. Can you read that for us, please? Luke 5, 17 to 26. Mm. I, I love this passage so much. Luke five seventeen. the Bible says, Now it happened on a certain day as he was teaching that there were Pharisees and teachers of the law sitting by who had come out of every town of Galilee, Judea, and Jerusalem, and the power of the Lord was present to heal them. Then behold, men brought on a bed a man who was paralyzed, whom they sought to bring in and lay before him. And when they could not find how they might bring him in because of the crowd, they went up on the housetop and let him down in his bed through the tiling into the midst of Jesus, so through the roof from the housetop. When he saw their faith, he said, Man, your sins are forgiven. Mm. And the scribes and the Pharisees began to reason, saying, Who is this who speaks blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? But when Jesus perceived their thoughts, he answered and said to them, Why are you reasoning in your hearts? Which is easier, to say your sins are forgiven you, or to say, rise up and walk? But that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. He said to the man who was paralyzed, I say to you, arise, take up your bed, and walk, go to your house. Immediately he rose up before them, took up what he had been lying on, and departed to his own house, glorifying God. And they were all amazed, and they glorified God, and were filled with fear, saying, we have seen strange things today. Mm, powerful story right yeah. there, isn't it? And wow. like, and here's this man on, you know, on this, on, on this bed. It's not mm. a typical bed like we would actually have, of course, but mm. more like a stretcher, you could almost say, yeah. you know, that his friends are taking, he's got four friends here. Okay. Taking him in. And Jesus has come actually, if we go back to Mark chapter two, the mm. same story is actually said, um, uh, in, recorded, in, in, recorded in Matthew chapter nine, but also Mark Mark two. But today we're just going to go back to Mark two a little bit, um, chapter two. And of course, it gives us clearly tells us that it's actually in Capernaum. This mm. actually happens in Capernaum, which is Jesus's hometown where he spent most of his time mm. during his ministry. So Jesus has actually been away for several weeks or so, and then he comes back. And here, as soon as he comes back. 
It says in chapter 2 that basically when they heard this, they, they came immediately and gathered together and there was no longer any room. In other words, you know, it was just like, you know, you think of, you know, Faith FM, people knew that you were coming to Canberra, the Aussie <laughs> pastor was coming there, they're flocking, they're, they're wanting to come and hear you. In this case with Jesus, you know, they knew he was back in town. So they yeah. flocked in and the house was packed. And especially at a time in which Jesus's uh, profile has definitely been increasing as well. And as he said, it's, it's was where Jesus spent a lot of time. You could say Jesus' birthplace was Bethlehem, where he grew up was Nazareth, but Capernaum is where he spent so much time. So much time. And that time being spent in Capernaum, like he has gone from a local guy, you know, he's like, oh, yeah, like, you know, local boy Jesus, to all of a sudden one of the most influential teachers in all of Israel. It's like it's like the kind of parade for, you know, let's say someone from, from Newcastle goes and, I don't know, becomes prime minister or, or, or becomes a famous actor and they're, they're, or a movie star or an athlete or something and they've, they've come back home and it's like, oh man, we need to go listen to this guy. So there's a crowd. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. Of you're listening mm. to The Breakfast Show with Danuta and Lawson. Lawson, it's come time for our last quiz question before we continue our Bible study time, please. Yes. Ma'am, here we go. Last quiz question. How did the shepherd in the parable carry the lost sheep home? Mm. How did he carry that thing? If you know the answer, 0491-064-669. That is the number to text. Again, 0491-064-669. Text that number with the correct answer. You will go into the draw to win our amazing prizes for this week. Got two awesome 1,000-piece prizes, 1,000-piece puzzles. And they weren't. those two puzzles won't be going to one person. We've got two winners, two potential winners. That's right. For the prizes. So 0491-064-669. That is the number two text. You text the number with the correct answer. Go in the draw for that, which will be drawn on Friday. And the more answers that you text in well, correctly, the more chances you have. It's not just like you text in once and then you're like, okay, I'm good. You're never good. Well, God is good. God alone is good. But to be really, you know, to get, really get your name in there and have a good chance, you got to just answer more and more questions. 0491-064-669. And it's free. You know, we, we don't want to, we don't, we don't want to take your money. You just, so we want to give you things. Absolutely. 0491-064-669. And we're continuing our Bible study that is starting this week. We're looking at mission to the needy. And today we're looking at the faith of friends. We've just looked at the story in Luke chapter 5, mm. 17 to 26, where Jesus forgives and heals a paralytic. And we're now going back to, to Mark's chapter 2. Mark chapter two, mm. um, where basically the story is recorded there as well as in, it's recorded in the book of Matthew. But here you actually see, it tells us that it was actually in Capernaum, um, and which is the home where Jesus typically yeah. stayed when he was moving around, you know, in his ministry days. Um, and he actually comes home and his f- four friends, actually four men bring this paralytic to mm. Jesus. Now they don't come in through the front door. They don't come in through the window. They don't ask people to move aside they and come can't. outside. They, they come 
can't. It's just jam-packed full. And here's the thing. I've been to Capernaum. Yeah. Okay. So the houses were really quite small. Yeah. They were really quite small. And also the the passageways, for some reason, I don't know, but, you know, it was like a little village. And so between the homes, it was actually kind of a small area as well. Okay. Mm. So you can actually see the ruins are still there in Capernaum. Yeah. But here's the interesting thing, right? They actually go, okay, they're determined. The man himself is determined to receive forgiveness of his sins. But here's the thing. The friends are determined with him. And so they go onto the roof. Now, when you actually go there, I remember the guide telling us the story of this. But when you actually go to so many places around Israel, in Capernaum, it was the same. But also you see in old Bethlehem, you actually see some of these um, these homes of how they were. They weren't roofs like we have here, okay, mm. triangular roofs that have got tiles and things like that. Okay, it's actually thatched roofs. In other words, yeah. made of real uh, straw, just thickly packed together. Mm. And I remember the guide um, actually. Uh, th- this was like one of those aha moments. I like, I'm like, wow, an aha moments. But he said, you know, it just literally took them not long at all, probably an hour or so, maybe maybe up to two, just to really cut it through really well. Even you know, but basically not long to actually make a hole mm. in the roof. Now imagine that would have been falling onto the people that are there as well. They're going like, what <laughs> on earth is going on? Yeah. But they actually cut that. And here's the determination. They knew, they knew that by cutting that hole, that would have to be repaired. Yeah. So it didn't take long for them to actually make the hole, but Kat, try and work out how long would it have taken them to actually then repair that roof? I don't know how long it would have taken them. If it's thatch, and I can imagine, well, there, there's a collection process and then there's a weaving and kind of packing process. It would have been pretty, it would have been a sizable investment of both money and time. Money and time. And so I remember the time particularly stood out for me mm. and it was several months. And if I remember correctly, it was about eight to nine months. To fix the roof. To fix the roof. To fix the roof. Wow. So here was their determination. Like even within that, that for me goes like that is sheer determination. Going like, you know, we will put in the effort. I don't know whether they fixed it. We don't know whether they were the ones that fixed it. But here they Mm. go. They lower him down. And then when they lower him down, Jesus saw the faith of... saw their faith, says Mark. In other words, the faith of the four that were bringing down the paralytic. Mm. And here it is. I love this. In, in Mark, he records, he's, Jesus said to the paralytic son. So he calls him son. In other mm. words, my child. Mm. Isn't that beautiful? He's saying, my child, you are my child. He says, your sins are forgiven. Because here's the thing, the paralytic, you know, there was the deeper heart thing. Mm. The soul needed to be healed before the physical healing needed yeah, to happen. Absolutely. That's really powerful right there. I've- the heart needed to be healed before the physical healing. I have a question. I have mm. a question. Do you think, because I love that son, like mm. your sins are forgiven you. Do you think that as a paralytic living in the first century, as a, as a paralyzed person, as a disabled person living in the first century, that you likely would have doubted God's maybe favor towards you or your sonship oh, towards abs- God because of your condition? That as well as just the shame that you were experiencing, you That's know, right. because we know that in that culture at that time, it was, it was like, you know, we think of the paralytic at Bethesda, like, you mm. know, um, where Jesus said, get up and walk as well, mm. you know, much like he tells him to get up and walk. But the thing is that, you know, in those times, it was considered that you had sinned. And if you hadn't sinned, the parents had sinned, somebody had done an absolute terrible sin. And this was a curse now upon you. That's right. And, and, 
And so for someone who, and again, their perspective of curses and sins, it was, they, it was read, they read the book of, I believe it's Jeremiah. It's your sins have separated from you. And Absolutely. because of your sins, God doesn't hear you. And, and for this guy in this situation, in this position, he's considered that his whole life that, oh man, yeah. I need to get, I need to be free from my sins. Well, we all do. We're all sinners. But it's yeah. furthermore, like, I am, I am res- responsible for my Absolute. physical ailment. I have received this because I'm an evil, bad, terrible person. I think there is a truth to that in the sense that we are all perpetrators in sin and bad things happen to us because of sins. But simultaneously, this man is also a, just a victim of his circumstances, situation, being a paralytical his life. And he's it, feeling responsible for his, yeah, for his paralysis and that, and because that, of the sins. And that address, sins, yeah. And that address that Jesus gives straight away. Bang. Son. Son, in 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 Luke, it's man, you know, yeah. it's and it's that. And if it had been a woman, he would say daughter, daughter, woman, like that yeah. term of endearment and respect of like, you are my child. This is person that I care for. That's right. You are valuable. Your sins are forgiven. You. How powerful is that? Oh man, like that's amazing. And again, this is what he is coming for. There is no conception in his mind at this point of healing. First and foremost, it's. I have, I have sinned. I am a fallen, yeah, need, broken yeah, sinner. I like, need the healing of the heart. This is what I need. And then furthermore, again, this, this beef happens with the Pharisees. It's like, oh, who is this guy? And I think this is one of the key texts that I go to to prove that Jesus was definitely God. And I've seen, you know, people who kind of, who would take a more anti-Trinitarian approach to this would say, oh, no, he forgave sins on behalf of God. And I, and I usually respond to that by saying, no one can forgive sins on behalf of God. Jesus can forgive oh, sins. Like Jesus, Jesus, Jesus forgave sins because he yeah, was God. It's not about going to a priest or somebody else. It's actually going directly to Jesus. And here's the thing. Jesus then says to him, we're running really short of time here, so we're going to mm. condense it. But here's the thing. Jesus says to him then say, arise, take up your bed and go to your house. Mm. And right here, this is a sign of the powerful reality of his forgiveness. The mm. fact that he was able to get up and walk. Um, and, and that's the beautiful thing. Jesus says, come to him today. Give your heart to him today. You come to Jesus and, 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 you know, in first John we read, confess your sins and he will, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Have that change of heart and then um, healing comes in all different mm. ways. Jesus says, come to me. Come as you are. Don't mm. try and fix yourself. Come to Jesus because he's the greatest healer. He's the healer of the heart. He's the healer of physical things as well. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. You're listening to The Breakfast Show with Danuta and Lawson. It has come time for us to give our answers to our quiz questions. Please take it away, Lawson. Of course. The time for answers is here. Here we go. John chapter 1 and verse 1 begins with the same three words. You know what those words are, Danuta? Mm-hmm. In the beginning. In the beginning. That's right. In the beginning. And the other book that also starts with those words is Genesis chapter 1 and verse 1. And it's a beautiful parallel that we see there. In Genesis 1 and verse 1, it's, it's the, the, the emphasis there is that, oh, yes, God, you know, created everything. And when we come to John chapter 1 and verse 1, the specific, you know, the, the, the inference is made is like, 
hey, Jesus was there, a mm. part of that God. And then eventually as you work your way through that passage in the beginning of John and it says, and the word became flesh. I love so- it. Verse 14. And that's the crucial thing because some people say, well, what is the word? What is the, you know, in the beginning was the word, the word was with God and the word yeah. was God. Um, you know, and so verse 14 is crucial that gives that that's answer. Right. Again, we say we don't give the answer. The Bible, the Bible gives, gives the answer. The answer. I, love, I actually really, really love that passage. And I love it too. It's again, the word there. And then, and we would, we know this as Greek students, that word logos. And it's, mm-hmm. and it's again, really getting at the heart of Jesus's mm. nature of in Jesus is the entirety of knowledge. Mm-hmm. In Jesus is the entirety of understanding, the entirety of love, because Jesus is God. Like Jesus is, he represents, you know, he's one of the members of the Trinity. And, and, and that's the point that it's trying to make. It's like God has become flesh. He has lived. He's died. He's resurrected for your sake. And I love Powerful. that because, you know, in, it says in the beginning, um, you know, when we've got creation happening mm. and that he was there, he spoke the word, right? Yes. He spoke. And here he became, mm. he became flesh. Yeah. You know, and therefore we are to read the word, which is the Bible, mm. to actually grasp all of that, you know, and the beauty of what he has done. Absolutely. Continuing here, it was grass or chaff, according to Jesus, um, that was thrown into the fire. Next mm-hmm. one, after how many years of marriage did Anna's husband die? Seven years and her husband passed away. What kind of man did the servant with one talent think his master was? And I said it wasn't an occupation, but rather it was character. And that character is that the, he thought that the master was a hard man. Yeah, he did. And it, it's interesting when you read this this parable and it's it's so funny. He says, oh, I didn't do anything because I thought you were a hard man. Yeah, yeah. And he's <laughs> like, if you thought I was a hard man, you would have done something. But it, it's, I think it ultimately reveals that some, as much as it's, it's saying like, oh, you should, uh, the parable of talents, it's like you've been, everyone's been giving a talent and they should respond and, and act on it. But it's also the character of God is such that he is loving. He's wanting to work with you. He is wanting to be involved in your situation and, and, he doesn't want you to see, stay stagnant. That's right. He doesn't want you just to stay where you are. He wants you to go and keep going to your potential, but also further than That's that, right. as we've been talking about, mission is reaching others. Because we've got, you know, in that same parable, we've actually got uh, one that received five talents and multiplied them by five. Another one had two, mm. multiplied them by two. Whereas this one dug a hole and did nothing with it. Yeah. And if we could make a through line between those parables that we see Jesus gives, when Jesus makes it absolutely clear, and uh, oh well, you know, and then into the epistles that Paul wrote and whatnot, where he says God gives the increase. It's like, mm-hmm. oh man, mm-hmm. where, where do we where do we sit in that situation? Are we the ones who need to who need to you know furiously work to see growth? And it's it's no, we submit our lives to God, and He's that's the it. one that's wanting to grow us. And then finally, here, how did the shepherd in the parable carry the lost sheep home? On his shoulders. Isn't that a beautiful picture of God? I love this imagery. Mm. You know, when, when the Bible says that, you know, God is wanting to give us a seat at the table mm. in heaven, um, that Jesus humbled himself to the point of death. And, and we see this language used of a, of a convergence between the heavenly experience and the earthly experience mm. between God and man. And we see that represented in the parable here again. The, the lamb here was slung over the shoulders. Mm. It was given 
given priority in the mm. in the shepherd's life. Mm-hmm. He says, you know, it's something that you put on your shoulders. You could you could carry it. You could carry things along, dragging on the ground because it's like, oh, the state of this thing, I don't really care. But you sling something on your shoulders when it's like you care about this thing mm. that's vulnerable, it's fragile, and you're giving preference over yourself to that thing. Mm. And Love that's it. what we see here. The shepherd gives the preference to the lamb. Jesus has given his life to save us. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM. You're listening to The Breakfast Show with Danuta and Lawson. We've come to the end of our show yet again, all too quickly, going too fast. But we've got a giveaway for you, of course, a free giveaway shortly. Um, get ready to text in the word book on 0491064669. Once Lawson announces that, we will actually give you the opportunity to text in. And we want to give you a Bible verse to a promise for today. Mm. Psalm 33:22. Let your steadfast love, O Lord, be oh, upon us. Us, even as we hope in you. That's the beautiful thing. We, he is steadfast. He is a faithful God who loves us unconditionally and unbelievably. You are his child. Mm. We want to encourage you today to give your heart to Jesus. Don't delay. Give your heart to Jesus and you will not look back. You will actually have a better life, the abundant life that Jesus offers. Lawson, what is our free giveaway for today? I've got a giveaway this morning. It's called There's More to Jesus by Sean Brace. And this is all about looking at well, the different aspects of Jesus, his ministry, and who he was, and ongoing as well. It's, it goes through, it's like the loving Christ, the creating Christ, the speaking Christ, the risking Christ, the law-giving Christ, the covenant-keeping Christ. You know, it just goes through, and, and like that was less than half of the different aspects that it draws out about Jesus and the totality of his ministry and how he really functioned as humanity's saviour you know, in his incarnation and to this day as well. So zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. text book to that number. And you're the first text through. We'll give you that for free. And remember to talk faith, live faith, act faith, and you'll grow strong in Jesus Christ.
No. 